All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Strewman here, the four outdoorsman. Brandon's behind the glass. Thank you, Brandon. I like to do this every week. Uh, Brandon uh, has the homegrown show on just before the four outdoorsman. And he had a guy named Jake Birdseye, who's a stud. This guy's as good as a lot of them. Is that his real name, Birdseye? It is. Really? I asked if he came from the uh, the Birdseye vegetable people yeah. like that, uh, and he said maybe somewhere down the line. I don't know. How but, can uh, a guy with a name like Birdseye fail? That's yeah, a, yeah, no, just, cool. That's a strong natural like name. There, there is power yeah. there, like yeah. earthly power. Yeah, yeah. You can <laughs> soar with the birds. It is. The Four Hour Doorsman is on every Sunday. Thanks for listening, everybody. My buddy Mark is next to me. How Hello? you doing, pal? I'm doing great, man. Busy day, busy day, but I'm here and I'm excited. We got a full house. Yeah, we finally got some rain. Oh, my yeah. garden loves it. My lawn loves it. It's about time. We have a full house to tell you. We've got a great show tonight. We've got a couple of kids from, I think it's... Young nice men, to, you should say. No, they're, they're not kids. kids. Nah, they're kids. Nope. Are you, uh, hold on. we got uh, Zach here. Zach is... Uh, yeah, I'm 17. You're 17. You're a senior? Or are going to be a senior now? Yep, soon to be a senior. And Cole. I am 17 as well. All right, so Cole Samler and Zach... Not kids. Okay. Is it Peicher? <laughs> they could take yep, me, I think. It is Peicher. Yep. Zach Peicher, Cole Samler, and, and Daddy Samler is Jeremiah. Right. Yep, that's correct. All right. Now these two kids are with the Isanti. Is a it's a combined school now. What is yep, the name of the yep, school? It's Cambridge Isanti. Cambridge so, Isanti. Yeah, high school right. is combined. All right. And you guys are part of the uh, the Cambridge Isanti High School fishing team, the bass fishing team. Yep, that's correct. And who's the old guy to your right? That is our boat captain. That's Cole's dad. He's he's the one that kind of drives us around and helps us out in the tournament. All right. And how long have you been doing the boat captaining? Uh, this is our fourth year this year. Good for you. Tell me, what does a boat captain do? Oh, boat captain. It's a fun job, except for I don't get to fish, so that part's a little <laughs> struggling. <laughs> Sounds like me in the boat with my right. boys. <laughs> uh, no, I help the boys prepare. Uh, we do a lot of pre-fishing together. Um, I hand them snacks. A lot of times I make them earn it. I'm like, hey, sorry, man. No beef stick until you get a fish. There in the you boat. go. There you go. You know, I'll tell you what. It's uh, Yeah, get closer to the mics, guys, and don't be afraid to howl right into that baby. And if it's too loud, Brandon will let, let us know. Brandon, Brandon is in charge back there. He's the best. He's by far the best. I wouldn't go that far. But well, okay, you're the third best. Yeah, All right, that's probably more accurate. We've had a lot of engineers in this in this show, but uh, Brandon is by far the best. I'll tell you what, these two guys are uh, fishing for the Minnesota State High School League, right? The yep. MSHL League. And uh, then you just came back from uh, a big fishing tournament in La Crosse, Wisconsin, a national fishing tournament. So we're going to talk some more about that when we get done. Because these people, I like to tease people. You were involved in it, but it doesn't mean you did any good. So we're going to find out more about that. Mark, you said you were busy this week. What was going on with you, pal? Yeah, it was um, the last weekend of uh, baseball for a couple of my boys. So been doing that. Um, end of the year baseball parties. It's, it's, it's wrapping up. It's time to do some more fishing. It's cabin time coming up. I'm going to uh, Canada twice in the next month. And finally get some time in the water. You're going to Canada twice. Well, are you talking about Balsam Beach as well? No, I'm doing that as well. So well, I blow, who's, going, who's going to be here I with me? I blow all my vacation time in about a month and a half, and, yeah. and I'm excited. So it's coming. See, if you become, if you become self-employed. I'm going to your cabin next weekend? Yes, you are. Are you going to take me fishing? Hell no. <laughs> I don't fish. I've, my wife and I have been, we've had this cabin at Chitek for about 34 years, and I fished a lot, you know, early on. And and then uh, now I've, I've got a chance, because of the radio show, I have a chance to, to go. We, Devil's Lake is one of our premier sponsors. We get a chance to go there. Balsam Beach Resort up in uh, Bemidji on Lake Plantagenet is one of our great, great sponsors. We get to go there. Ely, uh, Ely Minnesota, uh, Arrowhead Outdoors was one of our sponsors. They'll pick them up again in, in uh, 
so I get places to go, you know. And uh, so when we go to the cabin, my pretty wife and I, eh, we hop in the pontoon, go have dinner. She works in her garden. I'll go play around of golf and BS with the guys. And uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't do much fishing on that channel lakes. But you can, you're, you, can, you can use our pontoon boat, take the kids out and catch a few fish. Well, I love Chitek on the 4th of July because it feels like small town. Like I grew up and, yeah. and they have a great parade. And uh, we'll make sure not to leave your pontoon boat running oh, for three hours up. this time. What he's talking about. Every, <laughs> the, the parades and small town parades are wonderful. You know, they, they have nothing but horses and trucks and people with shovels picking up horse crap, you know. And, and, uh, but it's a lot of fun. The music's good. Uh, there's, you know, the the uh, military stuff is really, really cool. But last year, maybe two years ago, Mark's family comes. He's got three kids, his wife and his dad from Wisconsin comes and spends a few days with us at the cabin. We trade take the pontoon boat around the my wife says why do you call it a pontoon boat i don't know it's a pontoon boat i guess if it's what it's, else would you call it i don't know a pontoon but a pontoon is just a thing floating in the water i don't know so we take it to um to Chitek, right into town it's about a mile and a half from our our place and uh, we dock the boat get everybody all the little kids go to the uh go to the, uh, the we, we set out ter- chairs at midnight the night before like most people in small towns for the parade you know and uh, so we all go there, and we watch the parade, have a good time. We're there. We go to a couple of pubs, just bum around. And about three hours later, we get back in the dock. Eh, I left the pontoon boat running the entire time. <laughs> that's, the good, that's the good old four-stroke, you know. And so on top of that, so we get everyone organized. We finally get them on the pontoon. We get back to the cabin. I get up early in the morning to make the cup of coffee. I love early mornings. I love the sunrise over the lake, I just, and there's nobody awake. And I go down to check the pontoon to make sure everything's all set. And did we leave anything? No, we didn't forget anything on the pontoon. We just left all the life jackets and lawn chairs on the dock where we left. La- yeah, it was a it was a, a good couple of days there. So it I'm, happens. I'm not very good at that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, Stu, tonight we have a great show, of course. We have a very successful fishing team. The guys are in studio with us. We have another weird story later on, so you got to stick around. Give me a little teaser about that. Yeah, that'll be fun. Jerry Hamm, is, he's a wonderful guy. Jerry Hamm is going to be on the air at 640. Lives someplace in Wisconsin. I don't know this guy from Adam, but I read the Chatech newspaper every week when we're there, and I pick up a lot of our stories either from the Outdoor News, our buddies from the Outdoor News, or uh, or the Chatech newspaper. And Jerry Hamm has some land in the western Wisconsin area. Maybe it's near Chatech, I don't even know. And he's like an arborist. And he's walk. He loves looking at trees and just checking stuff out. He was walking through his property, his acreage, not more than a few weeks ago. Looks up in the tree. There's a dead deer in the tree, about 20 feet up in the air. A dead fawn in a tree, and and so he calls. He talks to a guy named Pat Durkin. I think is an author, a writer for the Chitek newspaper and other newspapers as well, to tell him the story. And to this day, I don't think they can figure out how that deer got there. So that'll be a lot of fun talking to Jerry Ham about that. He's a wonderful guy. But I'll tell you, when I called him to find out about this story, he took a while to get back to me because he was in Canada, and he's like me when I was younger. He's my age, about I'm 71 years old. He's about the same. He said they go to resort drive, I don't know how many miles to Canada. They get in this resort. They drive, a, I don't know how many miles across the lake, and then portage with boat and motor to another lake at this age. And I said, cheapers, creepers. Get on, it's true. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. We ride. almost died in Ely hiking in last, last yeah, winter. Yeah, so yeah, We're not doing that anytime no, soon. No, I, I don't think so. So anyway, <laughs> I want to hear about that, and, and I want to know the name of the lake. I'm going to go. I love that kind of stuff. But I don't know if I would drag a boat and a motor across there. But, Definitely. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You got some shout-outs? Yeah, I got a couple shout-outs. I kind of sent it in late. So if anyone wants to do a shout-out, 
Uh, make sure that you post on our Facebook page, and we'll read it by the end of the show. But I have a couple here. Twin Cities Wallace Unlimited, our good friend, says, Hope everyone has a safe week and tight lines. And Bill Katz from Katz Cover says, Listening at home, have a great show. And we're going to have Bill and Brandon Gatz on in the next couple weeks. They have a huge event coming up called Landcastle. Uh, we've been a part of it for three, three or four years now. Landcastle uh, Summerfest is just a great party uh, in the fall. It's around September time, and we're going to learn more about that soon. You're talking about fishing. This guy fishes a lot more than I do, Mark does, because he's got three kids and, and wants to get him into fishing and, and keep him out of trouble. And he's got a very nice boat. What kind of boat have you got? Uh, I have an 18-foot Alumacraft. And thanks to whom? Where did you uh, pick Power up? Power Lodge Twin Cities. Yeah, Power Lodge is one of our sponsors right down the road from us and uh, been very, very good friends of ours. It's got to be frustrating for you because you haven't you, you just picked up that boat not more than a month ago from Power Lodge. Now you can't even get on the water because you haven't got time because you're coaching the kids. You may as well sell it because that's going to happen for the you got 10 years no, left. No, I'm not Bell. selling it. I'm 10 years left. It. I got really lucky and I bought it right before COVID, so prices were reasonable. And, uh, you know, you couldn't buy a boat for two, three years. It was just crazy. So uh, I'm not selling that thing um, until the kids uh, get about this size. These guys over here, then they're not all going to fit in that boat. That's for sure. No, but they'll, you'll give them. I might have to just get a pontoon like yeah, you yeah, and just yeah. they're going to have to fish off the deck. So when you fish the Twin Cities, you don't have time because he works full time for Ron Shearer Productions. Mark Lukey does, my buddy to the left. Where do you like to fish locally? Cause well, I live in Lionel Lakes, so uh, I, I hit it mostly the North Metro I was at Bald Eagle last weekend. Um, you know, panfish is 90% of what I fish because the, the kids are so small. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I usually stick around the North Metro if I can. Go to Mille Lacs sometimes for bass. But, um, yeah, I stick local and stick panfish. That's usually what I'm up to. You know, Mark has always has a couple of good stories as well about what it's like fishing with little kids like maybe these guys did. That's, mm-hmm. that's a dad there and a mom there and a wife there sitting watching us as well, watching the kids and husband do their thing on the air here. But when you were little kids, you guys might have gone through the same kind of thing. You gotta you gotta refresh people about the story when you first got this really nice oh, yeah. really nice boat, and he takes the kids on the Saint Cora River. <laughs> yeah. All right, and you're you're prepared. You don't, you gotta yep. stock the boat with all the stuff, you know, like candy and all that. But but I, I learned in a hurry, so I picked up the boat. So excited! I've never owned a nice boat. I take the kids to the Saint Croix River. It takes a, like an hour to get in. I, I almost get stuck because in the St. Croix, if you go out the dock, it's super shallow if you go by Boomsite Marina um, north of uh, Stillwater. Finally get around, get get to fishing, put a line in the water about five minutes. My youngest son, Max, is about three at the time. He goes, Daddy, I have to go to the bathroom. And you, go, were, you were prepared, right? You were prepared. Um, no. No. So I'm like, okay, I go over the side of the boat like any normal person would. And he goes, no, no, no. no. I have to go to the bathroom. And, and Number two. Yeah, it was like flashbacks through my head. Well, hang on a second. What did you call poop when you were kids? <laughs> was it number two? That's what we called it when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm not too sure. I don't remember. <laughs> don't you? That's what I called it. Go ahead, Mark. Anyway, so it's clearly an emergency. I don't know what to do. I have nothing in the boat. I don't have toilet paper. I don't have anything. I just bought the boat. I have a bag that I bought the bait in, a plastic bag. So I held this poor kid over the side like... Butt hanging out the water. There's paddle boats going by with like tourists, you know, they're <laughs> sipping wine and listening to music. And I have my kid hanging over the boat, just, you know, destroying the water. And, and I put the bag on my hand and did the old pat where you're good to go. Did you, did you dip him in the water then? Like, you have, yeah, did you? I, I tried, but he screamed. So I did not do that. But anyway, dad's out there. Bring toilet paper and uh, lots of snacks. <laughs> Great story. He's speaking about fishing locally. That we got 
We have Cole uh, Seminar here and, and Zach Peicher. Well, I got them both. You guys are the Isanti, Cambridge Isanti Fisher Kids, Fishermen. Locally, where do you fish? You must fish locally as often as you can as well, right? Yeah, we're, we usually we're sticking pretty local, you know. We once in a while we're out up north fishing our other tournaments, but... Uh, what are a couple of lakes? What are some of your favorites around? Ooh, Rush around Lake, Green yep. Lake, you know, a lot of lakes just right around mm-hmm. there, you know, just south of Mille Lacs. Now, we're not talking necessarily tournament fishing, just for, for a good time, kick it out for a half a day out there. Those are some of the lakes you like to sneak out to. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. Right. Cole, where's your favorite place to fish locally? Prob- <clears throat> Probably like Green Lake or Lori Lake. Top places to fish right there, and they're right next to our house, easy to get to. Catch a lot of fish there. They're pretty good. I know where Green Lake is. I don't. I've never heard of Lori Lake. Is that what's called Lori Lake? You said. Yeah, they're right around there. You know, ten minutes from home or so. So, what's the what are the species you chase in in both Green Lake and Lori Lake? Uh, A lot of bass and some panfish. So you're not a walleye guy. Nope not not very often do we come across those. Yeah, but are you? And if someone said, "Listen, you guys are pretty good at what you do as, as bass fishermen." I want you to join our team, our professional walleye team, and be one of the juniors for the professional walleye team. Would you jump ship? Oh, we'd be lost. I wouldn't know where to begin. <laughs> <laughs> whole different thing. It is a whole different thing. Yeah. You know, there's a good friend of ours, BK, Brian uh, Clawwitter. He's a, I call him Catfish King. He lives, he, he fishes the Mississippi all the time by Red Wing, all of that. And he was fishing walleyes his entire life, and someone got him to, to try to catch a catfish, and he did. He never caught a, a walleye again. He just, he won't fish a walleye. He said there's nothing to fishing for walleyes as compared to catfish or bass, as far as the fight is concerned. But what about bass fishing? When you were growing up, you must have started with your dad and mom fishing for panfish as well. What you got you hooked on bass fish, bass, uh, bass fishing? Mainly my dad and my grandpa, they started out doing it. You know, my grandpa used to be really good at it, fish tournaments a lot. And then our whole high school thing came up. And when I was in middle school, I looked at them. My brother was doing all these tournaments and I was like, wow, that looks pretty cool. Then middle school rolls around and my dad's like, hey, we got these bass fishing tournaments that you can fish. So that's kind of what got me into it. Zach. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where the competition seemed to be at was bass fishing. You know, there's not a whole lot of panfish tournaments or anything. And Cole and uh, Jeremiah, they really kind of helped me get into it a lot and just kind of took off from there once we got into middle school and we got on the team. Did you two guys know each other before the bass fishing thing? Yep. Did yep. You? And that's, that's kind of where we really started to, you know, become really good friends is after we started fishing those tournaments. And Good for know. you guys. You guys don't realize, I'm sure they do realize, how lucky you are. I mean, how blessed you are to have people who care and support you like these folks right around you, for Definitely. one. Yep. But number two, the opportunities you have athletically – throughout the entire youth and high school years we didn't have any of this stuff when we were kids you know yeah that was that's what everyone seems to say yeah 20 years ago it wasn't around yeah one of the sports i wish they had when i was a kid i wish they they had uh lacrosse i think lacrosse would be a great sport to play because i could always run and and make fun of people and just beat them all (laughs) up but but i think that would have been a great sport but never had it they never had soccer when we were kids but that's okay i don't like ties anyway um, they don't, and, and uh, never had lacrosse, none of that kind of, it was just baseball, basketball, football, hockey, and that was it. So consider yourself lucky. How about you, Mark? Yeah, so we have a couple minutes here before we go to break. One more shout out. Brandon chimed in and said, shout out to Ron Share for coming to the Bob Studios last Wednesday for the longest day broadcast to help raise money for the Alzheimer's Association. I saw that picture of here, Brandon, and I was wondering what the heck he was doing here. Yeah, it was. he surprised everybody, because I think the original plan was he was just going to do it through Zoom, 
And uh, so we were just, and we were happy to have that. Well, yeah. And then he showed up here, and like everybody was like, Ron Cher is here. Elvis is in the building. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a big deal, and it was very cool because it was the first time I actually met him in person. I've talked to him a bunch of times, you know, lining up calls here and stuff like that, but first time we met in person. Awesome. He was just a great guy. He even uh, threw a, a guided trip out there as an incentive. Wow. I don't know who got it because I ended up leaving, but uh, that was... I think went to the highest bidder was somebody who was going to do a half day fishing with Ron Shera. I've worked for him for eight years. I've yet to get a guided <laughs> trip from Ron Shera. Anyway, well, I have another shout out here for you guys. It says John Marshall, huge, a good friend of ours, says huge shout out to Zach and Cole and Captain Jeremiah for a heck of a tournament for the high school nationals. So uh, our good friend John Marshall must know you guys somehow because he knew everyone involved. Yeah, his son's on our team. And oh, okay. Good friends. Kaden? Yep, yep. Kaden. Yeah, Caden's a good kid. He's been in, in the studio before, so that's that's awesome. I don't know if that's where John lived. I thought John was in the eastern suburbs. Yeah, they're a little farther away, but are they? they make it up here, yep. To go to Isanti, Cambridge, to Cambridge yeah. Isanti High School? Yep, yep. He went to high school with us. Uh, he just graduated, actually, but he, he fished, with, fished with us. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. All right, we're going to take a break right now and get back with uh, Cole Semler and Zach Peischer and Jeremiah, Cole's dad. We're going to talk about, uh, well, that's high school bass fishing. I want to hear the whole story, how it all went down with the tournament. No, they're going to say four words, and then they're going to shut up. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Come on now. Give me a break. (laughs) Checking in with the four outdoorsmen. Find them at mybobcountry.com under the weekend tab. Hey, Devil's Lake, North Dakota's not only about fishing. Summer brings with it something to do for everyone and 2023's no exception. Festivals and entertainment all summer long and the ever-popular Rib Fest with live music coming up on July 22. Visit one of the top five fisheries in the country and check out everything else there is to do by visiting devilslakend.com. Hey, bring your fishing rod, bring your family. That's Devil's Lake, North Dakota. Call Dazeal Heating and AC when you need dependable, affordable, and professional AC repair at your West Metro or Wright County home. Dazeal knows the feeling when your AC goes out on a hot summer day. Don't sweat over a unit that's on the fritz. Dazeal's team of licensed and certified HVAC technicians are here to help. Dazeal's trucks are stocked to repair any AC system and can get your cool air flowing again. Suspect a problem? Call the top dog today before your AC goes out. They will come running to your rescue before it's too late. DazealHVAC.com. If you love the outdoors and haven't stepped into Capra's on Highway 65 in Blaine, here's what you can expect. It has a huge gun shop loaded with specialty ammo and one of the best gunsmiths in the state. It has a complete archery shop with a 20-yard range on site. It has all the fishing tackle, rods, and electronics you could possibly need. To top it off, the employees are experts with decades of experience. Go check it out and say hi to Sam, Capra's Outdoors. I was going to have Cole read this for me, but I forgot he can't read cursive. He's already 14, 15 years old. Hey, Balsam 17, Beach Resort. Come on. 17, Balsam Beach Resort. That'd make it a, on a 10-acre pond because Clint and Patty worked their butts off to make sure of it. In fact, they were voted Resorters of the Year a couple of years back. But the 2,500 acres of the Serene Lake Plantagenet, it's a big draw. Walleyes and panfish, of course, are plenty, but musky fishing, it's about as good as it gets. In fact, last year, a high school kid caught two different... 50-plus-inch muskies on back-to-back days on Lake Plantagenet. That's amazing. I'll tell you, it's only five miles south of Bemidji. That's Balsam Beach Resort. 
Lancaster's Summer Extravaganza presented by Burkhan Outdoors is celebrating its 7th annual event September 14th through the 16th on the Winstock Grounds near Winstead, Minnesota. Hook up the ice house and join the party. Tickets and information at LancasterSummerFest.com. Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with the combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. Upgrade your summer fun and save big with Power Lodge Power Sale. For a limited time, save up to $3,500 on select aluminum and fiberglass fishing boats from brands like Alumacraft, Smokercraft, and Triton. Save up to $21,000 on select new Godfrey and Bennington pontoons. Hit the trails this summer with the new CF Moto Z4 side-by-side starting at $99.99. Hit the lakes and trails in style this summer. The Power Lodge Power Sale going on now. Not all brands carried in all locations. Visit or call your local Power Lodge for more details. Switch to Boost Mobile and get the ultra-smooth, ultra-powerful iPhone 11 for $49.99. He didn't stutter. See every angle with dual cameras. Make it a double. All on America's largest 5G networks. Large and in charge, baby. Get with the power of Boost and get the iPhone 11 for $49.99. That's half a Benjamin. Boost Mobile. Unleash your power. ID verification required. New customers only at one per line. Additional restrictions apply. See BoostMobile.com for details. Summer is here. Time for perfectly aged, always tender, and guaranteed delicious Omaha Steaks. Here's an amazing offer when you go to OmahaSteaks.com and enter Garden into the search bar. Save over 61% on the Gourmet Grill Pack and receive eight free Omaha Steaks burgers when you order. Omaha Steaks isn't just steak. It's the best steak of your life, guaranteed. Type Garden into the search bar at OmahaSteaks.com and order the Gourmet Grill Pack today. OmahaSteaks.com, keyword garden. Omaha Steaks, America's original butcher. Stay and play at the Wyndham Garden Hotel in Otsego. Get one night stay and four water park passes to the Wyndham Garden Hotel in Otsego for only $149 at DealsOnRadio.com. Experiencing an injury or illness? Wondering if you'll be able to keep your job or when you can return to work? The Minnesota Retain program may be able to help. Participants may qualify for free support from experts who can guide you through the next steps to get you back to work quickly and safely. Visit mnretain.com or call 507-284-4537 to learn more. Minnesota Retain is fully funded under a grant awarded by the U.S. Department of Labor and the Social Security Administration. This message is brought to you by Minnesota Retain, this station, and the Minnesota Broadcasters Association. All right, gang, we're back. And thanks for being patient and hanging in there. Strewman, Mark, Lukey, Brandon behind the glass. We've got Jeremiah, who was the boat captain for the young kids, and Zach and Cole, fishermen from Cambridge I. Sandy High School. Again, thanks for being on the show, you guys. Yeah, thank you. Let's start with the old man there, the boat captain. Now, these guys... You've been a boat captain for about four years. You're Cole's dad, right? Correct, yeah. And, I've actually uh, been a boat captain a little longer than that. Uh, his older brother, Grant, was a boat captain for him for a couple years, and uh, his sister, Addison, as well. So Cool. You know, I, I, call, I like to have fun with all of our guests, and, and I called uh, Chad. And Chad's your head coach, right? Yep. yep. i tell you what, before we get any farther, before I forget this, what do you want to say to Chad? Oh, just a huge thanks to Chad, our whole team in general. You know, they were there to support us. They came to watch our weigh-ins, and they watched us all day. Cool. Big thanks to them. 
for sure. Good for you guys. Chad, thanks for doing what you do. We talked about this before. But anyway, so I like to throw people under the bus. And I said, listen, how long you know Jeremiah? He said, ah, about six, seven years, something like that. Why? He must have some dirt. Anything funny or interesting or embarrassing that I could do for this guy? He says, you know what? And I mean this sincerely. He said, I've known him for about six or seven years. There's nothing negative about this guy that I can say. I said, really? There goes my whole show. But, but <laughs> ask was, your son. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what one thing, I'll ask you, what one thing about your dad drives you crazy? Probably not giving us food when we can't catch fish during tournaments. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. That's I how he coach baseball. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's always no got, hits, no snacks, boys. He's always got treats, yeah. Kid runs a face, first base. He throws him a, uh, one of those fish bowl. What do you call those fish yeah, crackers? Goldfish. Goldfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Jeremiah. Back to the fishing thing. All right, you've been involved in it for six, seven, eight years. Whatever. How did you get involved? Um, I got involved when um, Ben Chomer and his mom kind of started the CI Blue Jackets team, and Chad got in there. And uh, my oldest son Grant, he really liked fishing, and he's like, "Dad, check this out." So he found a partner, and we just kind of got into it. And yeah, we were pretty new at it. Didn't know what we were doing. Every now and then he calls me and says, Dad, how come we never won tournaments when I was in it? <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead, you guys. Okay, tell us how now, you guys fished. How did you guys do in league, your team, your high school team? How did you guys do in league this year? Um, so we qualified last year uh, to fish the Nationals that we just wrapped up and uh, came back from yesterday. And it's been a pretty good year so far. But uh, how do you guys qualify? How many guys on your team right now? Uh, and ladies, there's ladies, right? Yep, there is. We have a lot of younger kids Good. below high school. I think we're mid fifties, wow. somewhere in there. We I think we're around eight or nine high school teams. How many kids get to uh, who, how many kids qualify for nationals, and how do they qualify for nationals? Uh, so for qualifying, it's through our SATT, who was ran through TBF, and that's. Uh, AOI, so Jeepers, cripes. <laughs> S-A-T-T-B-O-I, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Bring your own bottle. I know that one. That's the only one I would say. What are those letters, and what do they mean? Yeah, so TBF is the Bass Federation. That's kind of who runs a lot of this. Yep. And uh, SATT, our Student Angler Tournament Trail, they put our tournaments on. That's who we went through to qualify for our uh, MLF tournament on Malac, or um, sorry, lacrosse. And uh, to qualify for that, it was just kind of doing good throughout the year and being you know up in the ranks throughout all the tournaments and uh yeah we were lucky enough to make it to cuts and we were able to fish lacrosse cool how did you find out that you guys qualify for nationals who told you and were you surprised we were not surprised so it's like the top 17 ish that make it for team of the year and we've been doing pretty good the past couple of years for tournaments i mean we make it up there we qualified last year but we couldn't make it down for nationals but I mean, after our Tournament of Champions, which is the last tournament for all the people that made that cut, which is a different cut, kind of, but a lot, lot of cuts here. But after that one, we kind of like looked at it and we're like, all right, we got nationals next year. How are we going to do this? Are we going to fish this one? We just kind of went from there. Jeremiah, what are, what are the different responsibilities of you as a, as a boat captain? Is it more work, less work, different work? During, uh, during league as compared to the nationals it's kind of about the same um you know it's my job to drive the boat around everywhere keep the kids safe make sure we get in on time do that sort of thing uh like during the nationals tournament i had to be i had to call the guy at the lock uh, we had to go from pool eight up to pool seven so i always had to call him and uh call the lock master say hey when are we when can when's the lock gonna be open is it gonna be shut because we don't make it back in time we lose all our weight and stuff. So, 
um, just to keep everything going and running. And um, as you'll hear from these guys, we struggled with that a little bit this term. Did you ever, did you ever in your seven or eight years or whatever it is of being a boat captain, have a, a, a breakdown that you sh- that kind of screwed things up for you? No, we had our worst breakdowns the last three days of fishing that we've ever had, <laughs> and uh, we somehow still pulled it off. So, <laughs> good yeah. for you guys. Good yeah. for you guys. Did you guys feel pressure when you were down there in the waters in Lacrosse last weekend for the Nationals? We definitely did. Uh, we were pretty confident with our fishing after the first day how that went, but uh, it was just problem after problem for us. But well, let's talk about it. Give, yeah, give us an example. For sure. Um, yeah. During practice, everything was good. We had. One little thing wrong with the troll motor, but it was manageable, nothing wrong. Um, day two of the tournament comes, and our motor shuts off on us. It's, can, it's, a, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a deal when you're running, you know, 20 miles a day. But, uh, <laughs> I can see Jeremiah like yeah. using oars. You know. <laughs> we made it back the second or the, the first day, I believe, is when it first started happening. Second day. Hang on um, one second. Yeah. How we made it back was Zach had to kind of lay down on the back deck reach in a compartment and continually pump the fuel pump to keep <laughs> to keep yeah. fuel running to the engine because we had to run 12, 13 miles up there, uh-huh. and uh, that's the only way we could do that. So that's, that's how we ran 26 <laughs> yeah. miles that day. Yep, and shout out to Chad for kind of giving us that idea to try that. And, you know, we were posting on Facebook trying to figure out what could be wrong as we're as boats are flying down, you know, past us during takeoff. And, yeah, and then come our last day here, uh, we go to get up on plane. We, we weren't worried about it because, you know, we, we thought we fixed – you know the problem enough to be able to run up and down and yeah we go to take off and nothing it's just nothing starts our cameras camera boats you know following us sitting around us videotaping <laughs> and we just couldn't take off motor would not go so we were lucky enough that one of the camera boats they let us uh jump in their boat and we switched he awesome. went and loaded up yep so then uh we were in their boat for the day and we were using google maps or waypoints and we still made it work Wow. Good for you. Isn't that something? Well, that is the the challenges. Let's hear about the success. Obviously, you guys do well, did well. Tell us about first day. What were you catching? How, how did you figure out where the fish were and, and uh, be so successful? We had this one little spot that we caught a couple fish on during pre-fishing, but mm-hmm. we were not super confident in it because we haven't caught too many. We were kind of fishing some other areas, working our way up to it. We're throwing these frogs and uh, Texas rigs mm-hmm. along the bank and in our uh, spots with mats of weeds and whatever. And we kind of come up to the spot where my friend caught two of them. And we just hucked them in there. And I caught one right away. I'm like, dude, cast right in there. So he threw in. <laughs> and he caught another one right away. And then we got those off. We fished it for a little bit longer. And then we caught another one and another one. And it just kept coming in. <laughs> All in the same same area. Yeah, we, yeah. we had them in this one school, you know. Pretty cool. Size of this room, just a few boats. And they were schooled up real hard there. And we really, during this tournament, we never fished one like this. This was a four-day tournament. And you really kind of have to, you know, you got to stage your fish. You don't want to catch them all right. in one day. You got to make your, your fish last for four days, right. potentially. So that was that was the hardest part for us. So I what think. was your daily limit? What what was your weight coming in daily? Uh, it was a three fish limit every day. Okay. Um, I think the first day we were around nine and a half pounds, nice. and then the second day almost twelve. Um, I think our, our total bag was just over thirty two pounds. I think thirty two pounds seven ounces for wow. a three. So day every bag. day you guys know where you are in the standings. There's a board or something. Where were you after day one, day two, and day three going into the final day? Day one, I think we were in like eighteenth place or sixteenth place. Out of how many teams? Out uh, of I don't remember. 393, I believe. Yeah, somewhere right. around there. And then day two, we brought them in. We did pretty good day two. We pushed up all the way to second, but first place had a one pound, six ounce lead on us. So we weren't sure if we were going to make it happen on day three. 
But day three comes around. We're bringing our fish up. We're up there, and we throw them on the scale because we're the last ones to weigh in because mm -hmm. first and second, you know, you want right. to see yep. who's the winners. We're the closest together, and our weight is, you know, bigger than theirs, but we weren't sure if we were going to get enough mm -hmm. because they had a, such a big lead on us. It was real tight. And we threw our bag up on there, and they read our weight, and I thought that they had beat us by half a pound, <laughs> so I kind of, like, look away. And then he shouts, we have new leaders. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, we just won this thing. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a confusing moment. <laughs> was that was that the last day of your fishing then, or did you have one more day? That we, was our third day, yep. So that was the end of nationals. That was the national finals. So you guys won the nationals. That's a three-day thing. And, and the fourth day was some a world or something yeah, like that, right? Yeah, so, so after day two for national side of thing, they made a cut. So only 10 teams fished the final day of nationals. And then the then they crowned the champion, which was us. And then the last day, there was 31 teams, 30 teams that qualified and one lucky dog team who just, I think they got randomly chosen. And then we all fished for the uh, title of nat or world champion. And uh, we, I believe, placed 16th in that. Out of 300-some teams or whatever, in, in the end, right? In the end, yep. Well, I tell you what, that is that is that is simply amazing. Did you feel the pressure as well, Jeremiah, as they're going from day one to day two to day three? Uh, yeah, I definitely felt the pressure. It was uh, very stressful. Um, it's kind of my responsibility to get these kids through that lock on time, and that was one of the big things. We have about eight hours during the day to fish in a tournament, and they only spent just over two hours really fishing our good stuff because we had the lock back. Otherwise, we got to wait for these barges and stuff, and it, right. that can take forever. And then when it comes to that final day of weigh-in, I think I was more stressed than they were. Um, watching that go down and I had the same confusion they did I'm like oh they lost and all of a sudden he yells their name like oh my gosh they won and yeah, it was it's very stressful very fun though uh that that's just an incredible story what, what did it feel like boys when when you realized you won did it take a while to set in it probably is still like it still hasn't really feel hit real you. yeah it's it's pretty crazy. What do you do? You win anything in particular for the whole thing? Um, we had a couple scholarships from different colleges. Awesome. There's a Drury, there's Simpson, and a KCU, Kentucky Christian. Wow. Um, and if we didn't end up choosing any of those, we had the option of choosing one uh, through MLF, which was ten thousand dollars to any college of our choice. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. are uh, what are your plans? Are you guys gonna try to fish in college then, or what's we're, the deal? Yeah, we're figuring that out right now. Uh, we don't have long to decide. I, th I think it's a few yeah. weeks, but. Uh, yeah, that's we're, a lot of pressure yeah yeah we're trying to figure that out right now and kind of making plans are you gonna try to go to the same place are you gonna split up what are you gonna do we're not sure yet i i think we're kind of thinking of going to the same place so yeah we'll see where that goes does it bother you that you know to realize right now that you'll never accomplish anything other than this the rest of your life <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is it this is as good as it's gonna get pal uh, hopefully not but you may as well go work in a warehouse and load box cars because this is this is this is as good as it's gonna get <laughs> Good for you, guy. Hey, now, is is um is fishing like a lot of other sports? That there's some names out there that you were or teams or schools that you were aware of that had really good programs that you were concerned with. Yeah, there are a lot of big names out there that uh, that we were definitely worried about. Like you know, we feel like you know mm -hmm. we don't have much of a chance, and we're kind of a team that wasn't real heard of. And you know, it, it's definitely definitely uh, hard to fish against these other teams, knowing that they're really good and they got these big programs. Did you um, have you fished since you came back? Uh, we have not. No, <laughs> the I, don't, day. <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, we will be out tomorrow. Uh, me and a buddy, we have a BASS tournament out okay. on uh, Forest Lake. Really? So, uh, speaking about throwing people under the bus, I was talking to uh, Chad. Like I said, head, uh, yeah, she's the head coach. Right, we have a couple of minutes left. And I, I, the Jeremiah thing was was truth. 
Now he says, he said, but I got something. I, I got something on Zach. He's the only kid I know who goes swimming during a fishing tournament. Oh yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? He wouldn't tell me what it meant. Well, I ended up falling in twice yesterday. <laughs> you know, after after a four day tournament of. Uh, you know, waking up at 4 a.m. and not going to sleep till 11 or so. It, it takes a toll. So last day, uh, you know, you kind of start to lose your balance a little bit and reflexes aren't working great. So filing uh, twice in the hour, I believe. Well, we have a minute or two with you guys. Just want to say thank you so much. Do you have any people or companies or anyone else you want to thank? Who, who's helped you along the way? Yeah, like we said, uh, Chad, our coach, all our, all our teammates who are there support us, uh, our parents, Jeremiah, our boat captain, um, Yep, Capra's, uh, Sam from Capra's, big help. Also, Brad uh, Wessling, he's the mm-hmm. one that uh, allowed us to use the boat, the camera guy. That We, we wouldn't be that here without so him cool, either. That is so cool, man. Yep. We should get that guy on. It was, that, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I wonder if that's a, if, would that be legal in in the professional leagues, not, I wonder? Probably not pro, um, I'm guessing. I'm not sure if you'd be able to do it on the water, you know, switching boats like that, but. We did have to go through some safety things and, you know, libels had to be empty and all that. Well, I'll tell you, what you guys accomplished is even more special as a result of what you had to go through to get there. You know, it's not, it's not what happens to you. It's important. It's, it's how you react to it. And good for Chad, who coming up with the idea, and good for you guys working together to put this thing up. Congratulations, and just keep on going forward. Thank, thank you. Thank thanks you. for joining us on The Four Outdoorsmen. Going to be right back with Jerry Ham. This guy found a dead deer in a tree. Ha! Huh. FM wants to say thank you to the servicemen and women of Minnesota once again. And we need your help. The Bob FM Minnesota Country Salute CD needs a cover. And we know someone in Bob Country has the creativity to design it. Download the dimensions at mybobcountry.com and send us your cover art ideas. Then Bob Country will vote on who wins the CD cover contest to cover this year's Minnesota Country Salute CD. The winner will get $250. Sounds good to me. <laughs> a bunch of Bob gear from promotional Resources Inc. and tickets to see Blackhawk at the Medina Entertainment Center this fall. But hurry, we need your cover art by July 31st. Get all the details and submit your cover art at mybobcountry.com. You've heard us talking about Devil's Lake for quite a while now, and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devil's covered about 85,000 acres. Today, that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit devilslakend.com, and thanks. If you love the outdoors and haven't stepped into Capra's on Highway 65 in Blaine, here's what you can expect. It has a huge gun shop loaded with specialty ammo and one of the best gunsmiths in the state. It has a complete archery shop with a 20-yard range on site. It has all the fishing tackle, rods, and electronics you could possibly need. To top it off, the employees are experts with decades of experience. Go check it out and say hi to Sam, Capra's Outdoors. Hey, Balsam Beach Resort is just five miles south of Bemidji. Not just to fish, but completely enjoy a memorable family experience. Sure, multi-species fishing on beautiful Lake Plantagenet is superb, but with the heated pool, all the lakeshore water toys, 
basketball court, bonfires at night, Balsam Beach Resort is a must. Patty and Clint, they work their butts off to make sure that the cabins and grounds are spotless and your guests are going to make memories and they're going to last a lifetime. Trust Strewman on this one. Check out balsambeachresort.com. Lancaster Summer Extravaganza presented by Burkhan Outdoors is celebrating its 7th annual event September 14th through the 16th on the Winstock Grounds near Winstead, Minnesota. Hook up the ice house and join us for a weekend packed with vendors, seminars, a live trout pond, music, barbecue, and more. Check out new model ice castles from Smoky Hills Outdoor Store. Live music by Slamabama and Cindy Joe Music. Sponsored by AZZ Galvanizing, Cats Covers, and Security. Security Bank and Trust. Tickets and information at LancastleSummerFest.com. Have you ever dreamed of catching a 30-inch plus walleye? Hi, this is Brad Jewer, owner of OpenWaterTrolling.com. My partner Kay Howley and I are hosting a three-day summer walleye workshop in late August on Lake Vermillion. You'll learn how to find and catch trophy walleyes while trolling deep-diving crankbaits in large open basins. You'll even spend part of the day with a guide showing you this technique. Learn more and register now for the Summer Wally Workshop on the Vermillion Dam Lodge website, VDL.com. Yes, that's VDL.com. Blackfish Gear has the apparel you need for all of your outdoor adventures. From rain gear with industry-leading fabric technology to ensure you stay dry in the wettest conditions, to UPF sun protection apparel that keeps you cool and your skin protected on the hottest days. And for those cool and blustery days, our soft shell gear will keep you warm and comfortable with a combination of premium fleece and a windproof and weather-resistant outer layer. You can't choose the weather, but you can choose how to dress for it. Choose Blackfish Gear. Learn more at blackfishgear.com. Upgrade your summer fun and save big with Power Lodge Power Sale. For a limited time, save up to $3,500 on select aluminum and fiberglass fishing belts from brands like Alumacraft, Smokercraft, and Triton. Save up to $21,000 on select new Godfrey and Bennington pontoons. Hit the trails this summer with the new CF Moto Z4 side-by-side starting at $99.99. Hit the lakes and trails in style this summer. The Power Lodge Power Sale going on now. Not all brands carried in all locations. Visit or call your local Power Lodge for more details. All right, let's get right into this. Let's have some fun. Brandon, thanks for doing the job with the the boys tonight. And I'll tell you what, at 7 o'clock tonight, stick around and listen to the uh, Real Talk Outdoors. You got Mark Fisher, Larry, and Tommy News from the gang. And the there's a, that's the show where you're going to learn something. Now we just tell stories. And one of the guys going to share a story with us tonight right now is Jerry Ham. Jerry, thanks for being on the Four Outdoorsman. Hello. Jerry, how are you? Can you hear me, sir? Uh-oh. Didn't catch that. Okay. Go ahead. Can, can you hear me? I can now. All right, there you go. Yeah. Maybe, are you on speakerphone, Jerry? I'm on a cell. Yeah, okay, all right, all right, that's okay, that's okay. Well, thanks for being on the Four Outdoorsman. You know, this story that we talked about, I found you in the, uh, I think it was the Shatek Alert newspaper, a story by your buddy Patrick Durkin, and you, where do you live? Do you live near Shatek? You must live in Wisconsin, right? I live in uh, Nielsville, which is like about uh, 40 miles uh, east of Eau Claire. Yeah, I know, I know where it is. I know where it is. And uh, how much land have you got? I've got about 34 acres there. Okay, so you, what is your background? I was a teacher for 35 years, and I'm retired now. But uh, what, was uh, your, what, what did you teach? What, what, what was your specialty? 
I was an elementary teacher. I taught fifth and sixth grade. Uh, just about everything. Okay, so somehow you you ended up learning to love the outdoors, and I think if I read the the story in the Chatech newspaper, that it was not unusual for you to walk your property, your thirty acres, because you just love trees and the outdoors. Tell us how this yes. stuff started that day when you found what you found in the tree. Well, I had, uh, I as you said, I do love trees. I've got a really nice piece of property. I've got. Uh, really good stand of red and white oaks, which is what I manage it for. And uh, so I get out there pretty often. I, it kind of keeps my sanity for me. But I was walking uh, walking out there, uh, Friday, it was a Friday uh, Friday morning, and I, I saw a fawn. So I thought, well, I'm going to take a picture of that. Took a picture of the fawn and, and left because I didn't want to spook the doe. And I went back the next day. I'm walking through the woods, and probably, I would say, about 50 yards from where I had seen that fawn. I'm looking up, and here's the fawn hanging in the tree. It's up in a, in a little red oak tree. It's probably 15 to 20 feet up in the air. And that's, again, I read this story. You guys had all kinds of ideas as to how that, that deer could have ended up in the tree. Mark, you, I told you, I shared you the story as well, and you thought this is crazy. What are your thoughts about Well, it? I said his back must hurt for throwing a fawn that far. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I, when I was leaving that day, I met a truck. A good, this guy had a theory, too. But I met a truck, and I, I thought it was a, a friend of mine that lives out there. And so I pulled over, and this truck pulls up next to me, and it, it wasn't him. But I got talking to the guy, and I said, I got a picture to show you. So I, I showed it to him, and he looked at it for a couple of seconds, and he said, how do you suppose that doe got up in that tree to have that fall? <laughs> <laughs> and as it turned out, he was serious. Yeah, he that's funny. Yeah, had Illinois license plate. Yeah. <laughs> and they live in a different world. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy, you know. So you you had a bunch of different uh, thoughts about it and brought other people involved. Did you ever have any specialists or professionals come in and, and discuss this with you as well? I I did. I uh, contacted Pat Durkin, and then I I have a friend here who I talked to who works with the Wisconsin DNR. He's a works with the biologist. Yeah, and uh, they were all passing it around, you know, asking what they thought and uh, had all kinds of theories, but nobody had ever seen anything like that. So he came out in the woods with me, asked if he could come, and I said, sure, I'll meet you out there. He came out and he noticed uh, scratch marks on the tree. So he had a ruler along, he measured it, and he said from what he could tell, it had to be, he figured it was a cat, and it was either a really large bobcat or a cougar. Uh, they hadn't seen any cougars recently. The DNR hasn't. They have passed through this area of this county. So yeah. it wouldn't be unusual for a, for a cougar to pass through. I guess be unusual, but not unheard. And so if- he figured that's what it was. But uh, I put a trail cam on there, and whatever it was never came back. Yeah, you would think if it was a cougar and he brought this this fawn 15, 18 feet up in a tree, he's going to come back and, and have some dinner one of these days. I, 
That doesn't make any sense whatsoever to me. I mean, I, I can understand the possibility, but he's not going through all of that work for nothing. Well, I can't imagine why other than the fact that my guess is whatever killed it probably killed it just, and that's what the biologist said too, maybe just killed it out of instinct. And rather than, you know, leave it, maybe even had a full belly when he killed it. Yeah. And uh, rather than leave it, put it up in the tree, uh, there are a lot of coyotes around here, and if that fawn had been left on the ground, it, it would have either a bear or a coyote would have got it. So maybe this is a you know a smart enough cat where he figured if I don't put it up in the tree, it's going to be gone. Well, that's got to be a strong animal. Now, one of the other theories you had, and frankly, I have a hard time with this one. I know eagles are very, very strong. I've, we all have seen them seen pick up you know, three or four-pound fish and, and fly as far as they can, but... Someone, maybe even you thought, it could have been an eagle who took this, this fawn, picked it up, and, and just got too tired and had to drop it someplace. But how, how heavy was this fawn? Did someone actually weigh it or just kind of estimate? Well, the biologist that was with me, Steve, said uh, it didn't look like an like a early born fawn. It looked like it was a couple days old at least. Yeah. And he's, he's guessing anywhere from eight eight to ten pounds and one of the guys who had suggested the eagle too well i mean an eagle if it's got an open area can probably pick up a fairly heavy thing and and fly with it yeah but through the woods i mean that would be we have quite a few eagles around here but i don't see how that eagle could have been flying through the woods and then most of the trees in that area are anywhere from you know seventy to eighty feet tall. Oh boy! It's, it's and it's not a thick or it's not an open area at all. It's pretty heavily wooded. So uh, the odds of an eagle being able to fly in there, uh, I don't. I don't think that would be logical at all. You know, it's funny. I bet every time, if it were me, every time I'd walk back in the woods, I would look up in that tree again just in case it happened again like like <laughs> let's say you found a dollar bill on a you found a dollar bill on a sidewalk one day and every time you walk down that same sidewalk you look there again to see if there's any more money where is that fawn right now it's it's still up in that tree and it is it just decaying up there why you got to mount that baby i think you got <laughs> to do something that's that's crazy that's that's a story somehow at least uh, you've got you've got photographs of this this fawn, and I feel bad for it, but life goes on. Um, you got to do something to have some kind of a monument in your house, so you can share this story the rest of your life. I just, I I probably <laughs> well, would have honored it. I definitely I definitely will have the pictures. So yeah, it's probably a good idea. It's amazing how how far that that picture went. I mean, well, it got up to you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all over Facebook and everything, and everybody asking me about it, and no answers. You, you could probably get a few free beers with this conversation. You know, just walk into one of the local pubs over there and say, who wants to hear the story again? <laughs> I'll bet you a beer. Yeah. I have a picture of a fawn in a tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, we're talking with Jerry Ham out of Wisconsin. Of course, that's an unbelievably wonderful story because it's unique and no one's ever done it before. But I want to talk about your fit. Now, you're about the same age I am, I believe. I think you said you were 70 years old, give or take, right? How old are you? Yeah, I'm 70. Okay, you just came back from a fishing trip to Canada. T- 
Tell us a little bit about that because we only spoke for a few minutes, but I've got five people in the studio here, and we have a lot of listeners. This is a great trip that you took for many, many years. Tell us about that trip and where you went and how much work you had to go through. Well, I've, I've been doing this trip for probably close to 30 years, and what we have to do is we, we drive to a resort up in northern Ontario. It's about a, almost a 14-hour drive from where I am. Wow. And uh, then we get in uh, boats that they have there. We bring our own motors up, and we motor across the lake, and uh, it's about, I'd say, about a 20, 20 uh, 25-mile ride. We load all our stuff in there. We have to put all our stuff in the boats, our gas. We usually take about 65 gallons of gas <laughs> and all of our gear and food and everything. So we load all that in the boats. We travel that 25 miles to the portage, and the portage is probably about two football fields long. Yeah. So we have to carry everything across the portage. Including and the boat? Including the boat? We used to always take the boats across, too, but uh, the last, I think about the last five years, we figured that was getting to be a little too rigorous for yeah, us. So I think. The boats, the boats we leave by the, there's, the reason we have to port is there's kind of a falls there. And so we can't get, get up that falls. So we leave the boats there, chain them up there, and then we go across, and there are boats on the other side. You still got a lug a motor. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> well, uh, it's it's better than it was when I started there. Uh, it's a hell of a lot better than that because we used to have to drag the boats and the motors. We had to carry all the motors. Now the guy at least has a cart we can kind of put the the motors on, and it makes it a little easier to get them across anyway. Well, Jerry, that's a lot of work. That must be good fishing. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it uh, untouched waters that you just can't believe how much fish there are? How is it? The lake is approximately 30 miles long, in some places over a mile wide, Holy and it's a river system. Buckets. I would say that's the only cabin. On, there is a cabin there that we can stay in. That's the only cabin on the lake. And I would say it probably gets at the most, at the most, maybe eight or nine groups of fishermen a year. So you can imagine what the fishing is. The first morning I went, uh, brought a buddy up, and I, I've told people in the past, you will catch 100 walleyes in a day fairly, fairly easily if you really want to, if, if that's what you want to do. Yeah. And most people the first year they don't believe you <laughs> so i i took this guy and he and i fished for three and a half hours and he had caught 80 and i had caught 100 walleye wow man. so the fishing is incredible i mean it's i don't know i've fished other places in canada nothing comes close can you catch a couple of 20 25 inches as well or are they all 8 10 12 how, how big can you get the biggest one we've ever caught up there was almost 28 inches. But normally, like in that, where we were fishing, I would say all of those fish that we caught ran anywhere from 15 to 25 inches. Beautiful. And we caught a lot of them, a lot of them that were, you know, like 22, 23, 24 inches. 
Who's the cook? It, it's it's incredible. Oh, I was gonna say, who who does all the cooking for you, Jerry? What's that? Who does all the cooking? Frying the fish. That'd be me. That a boy. That a boy. Yeah, we uh, we have kind of a camp rule though. If uh, if anybody brings in a walleye over over fourteen inches, he we don't allow him to eat with us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be less than fourteen inches because we you know we buy our season uh, license, yeah. so we can we can keep three, but we normally keep we'll normally keep two or three. You know, anywhere from twelve to twelve, thirteen inch walleyes, which are fairly easy to catch. You you got to fish in different spots, though. Where the big ones are, you're not going to catch those little ones. You mentioned to me um, when we talked a couple of days ago, this might be the last year, or maybe you got one more in you. Well, you know, I when I got home, I had told my wife this was this was my last year. But you know, it's been a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Hamble, I tell you what, you're a, you're a special man. I'm, I'm so glad that uh, Pat Durkin got me your phone number. Uh, he's someone I've, I've talked to a number of times. He's been on the show here, the Four Outdoorsman, a few times as well. The story about the deer is amazing, uh, your energy and all that kind of good stuff. I want to I wanna go with you next year. If you go one more time, one of you guys, they're in their 70s. They might cash in their chips. I'll go with you. I might go with you. <laughs> you got a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us on the Four Outdoorsman. Have a great summer. Be safe, and hopefully we'll get you on again, all right? All right. Thanks a lot. You bet, Jerry. Thank you very much, boy. That's special. That's some place where you kids should go. You guys should go. Um, I, that's my they kind look of, like they could carry a motor for I us. I think so, yeah. That's, uh, that's my kind of trip. Not if there's no bass. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a smallmouth or two. You never know. Thanks to Jeremiah. Thanks to Cole. Thanks to Zach. The uh, Cambridge I. Sandy High School bass fishing team. Mark Lukey's here. Brandon, thanks to everybody for listening as well. Take care. Have a great week. In the meantime, my buddy Mark's got something to say. Get outside and make some memories.